Welcome back to another episode of the Homesteads and Homeschools podcast. Hooray! Today is episode number 26, which of course means once again, like I said at the top of every show, I, I think, I'm almost certain here, uh, you can find the show notes at homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash 026. My guest today is uh, the wonderful Luke Tatum of the Culture of Peace podcast. If you've heard or listened to uh, a little little ad I roll sometimes at the end of the show, um, talking about Freedom Song 365, uh, this is the Luke Tatum that is part of that project. You know, if you're interested in checking out Freedom Song 365, uh, you can do that by heading over to freedomsong365.com and uh, entering the code HOMESTEADS for... Uh, for a little discount there. Anyway, Luke came on today to talk about his experience with homeschooling. They have uh, him and his wife have a eight or nine year old son who uh, is autistic, and we talked about um, what that's like and, and making that decision and some of the different things that, that they've employed that uh, have been beneficial. It's uh, it, was, it was a good conversation, it was a fun conversation, and uh, if you want to hear more of Luke, you can check him out over at the Culture of Peace podcast. And uh, I was on his show a few weeks ago back in July. So you check that out too. I will link to that also in the in the show notes. So um, yeah, let's just get into that. Let's uh, let's go sow those liberty seeds with Luke Tatum. Or a wolf to be exact The sound sent shivers down my back But I was drawn into the pack And before long They allowed me to join in and sing their song so from My the guest today is Luke Tatum He uh, runs the, the show over at the Culture of Peace podcast That is his baby, he's got that going um, And uh, he's a... Uh, He's a homeschooling dad. He um, he's got a kid, and he does some homeschooling. And I figured we'd have him on today to uh, to talk about that a little bit. So, uh, Luke, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming on and, and uh, sharing with us. Of course, yeah, Ben. Thanks for having me. I always try to kind of start from the beginning, I guess. So, you go back to your childhood and and, and your your education. Um, you went to public school for the most part, right? Yeah, I was homeschooled briefly, like first and second grade, and then re-entered public education. Um, so it was an interesting experience, but it was so long ago that I really barely remember the homeschooling stuff. Like, I was, you know, kind of the nerd kid, and so I didn't want to do a lot of the things that I guess... I could get as an advantage of being homeschooled. Like I didn't really want to go outside a lot more. I wanted to stay inside and do other stuff. Um, so yeah, interesting, interesting experience to say the least. Yeah. How, how was, um, how are your memories of, of public school then? Did, was it something you enjoyed, uh, through your, through high school and stuff? Or is it something just kind of, you know, whatever is what it is. And, uh, Oh, well, gosh, I'm I'm pretty <laughs> polarized on most things, right? Um so I, you know, detest public school and that's probably putting it lightly and uh, you know, and it's not that I had like a well articulated position on public education when I was in school. 
um, my transition to being like more of a libertarian happened well after I dropped out of college. But uh, when I was in school, I started out as kind of a straight A, A plus kid and, you know, really, really, really focused on academic success because that's, you know, the pressures that I was being put under, right? So my parents wanted me to make good grades because you need to make good grades so you can go to a good college, so you can get a good degree, so you can get a good job. I mean, you know the story, right? And yeah. so I was kind of doing that. And then at in, let's see, in the sixth grade, I got a B in one of my classes and I was so utterly devastated and just, you know, it was emotionally traumatic to me that like I hadn't made it to that standard that I'd been holding myself to. And I know like a lot of people uh, and I know some personally who have developed some, uh, I'm not really sure what the right term is, disorders or, um, you know, mental issues from like being held to those kind of standards. So I'm kind of glad mm -hmm. this happened to me looking back. Um, but after that, after I made that B, I really didn't care that much anymore. Um, and it's not to say that I did poorly in school after that, but like, for example, in, uh, in high school, I had, you know, I didn't really push myself that much. And so I took pre-cal instead of like taking pre-cal earlier and then getting into like calculus two before getting out of high school. And um, so I was taking pre-cal my senior year and I would like skip most of the homework assignments because the way she did the grading, I could just do well on the tests and get a B in the class. So I said, eh, hell, I'll just, I'll just do that. I'll get a B and that's fine. So, you know, it, uh, to answer your question directly, you know, I hated school, but to kind of get into some of those others, we can go over you want to with it. Um, but I just, I only did what I had to do and to be in like good enough standing, I guess, if yeah, that makes sense. That's, yeah, for sure. That, that is, um, that's kind of my story to, <laughs> to a T like, I, you know, elementary school is great, you know, middle school started out pretty good. And then, you know, I, I had this one class and I just bombed it. And it was like, I don't know, I think it was like a, an English class. And that was what I had always done well in. And I realized it's it just, I had this, I don't know if you want to call it an epiphany or not, but it was like, this doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, like it, this doesn't matter. It really like life goes on and, you know, my parents might be upset and everything, but, uh, it, it's, it's not that big of a deal. And, um, you know, the same thing, even in, in high school, like I, you know, was in advanced math or whatever and, and took pre-calc my junior year and then senior year I, I took senior math instead of taking calculus, you know, like, and that was like my only class that was a full year class. Everything else I took electives and I was just like, like just coast. It's just cause it didn't matter, you know? Um, it's, it's, it's funny how that, ah, come around the same, same things. But, um, so I don't know. Um, I guess then your, your wife is, did she have sort of the same experience or was she kind of a little more into school? Do you know? 
Well, so, I mean, she went to public school as well. Um, she moved around a bit, and so a little bit more of a uh, achiever, I guess, in that way. She actually uh, was doing some, like, college credit things before um, going off to college. She actually went out of state to do some college-based things, um, you know, pretty early. And so that's really cool. That's one of the things that, you know, I love about her, right, is she's very smart, and that's for a lot of people how intelligence is manifested or or at least measured. You know, people go to prestigious colleges. They, you know, get degrees, things like that. Now, with with her, it's interesting because, you know, we got together – we um, had a, our son, you know, he's now eight years old, and she was still in school. She was doing a pre-med degree uh, in college. And so with only a handful of classes left to take, um, she left college to spend more time with our son and started a home-based business. And, you know, that was kind of a whole uh, thing. We have been doing that for a long time. But... um you know, now both of us kind of have this clarity where it's like there's absolutely no way we would want to send our son to public school. But, you know, I couldn't tell you maybe her story like when she decided that, uh, but I know that's where we are now. Yeah. Was that a conversation you guys had to have, um, you know, while your son was, I don't know, the, the before kindergarten age? Um, was that something you guys talked about or was it just something you kind of new. Oh yeah, I mean before before he was born even um you know and so he's autistic and we didn't know that until you know right. a few years in. Uh but even beforehand it's like, you know, regardless of the circumstances there's this I guess with both of us this disdain uh this just almost hate, you know, for public education and like the intellectual opportunities that it robs you of and things. So that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm a pretty uh, intense person on a few issues and education is definitely one of those where I just, it's, it's not even a question to me. Yeah, it definitely, um, it can, it can strike people either way. You know, there's, I think a lot of people that don't like public school really don't like public school. Um, you know, I think there, there's, some people out there that are, you know, really like public school, but, you know, I, talking to kids and, and teaching and no, I don't really recall seeing too many kids that, you know, absolutely love to be there and absolutely, you know, it's uh, I don't know, but it's an interesting kind of thing to think about that, that dichotomy of people that really like school and really don't like school. And there's not a lot of people that really like school. And, and you wonder, you wonder why, you know, what, what is that? What, what are we doing here? That's making so many people, um, not well, enjoy school. Right. It's, it's at best passable, uh, as a, you know, it, it's serviceable. It's something you can get something out of, but, uh, you know, we don't have that kind of standard in the private sector. When you pay for something, you expect the service to be good, uh, if it's lackluster in any way, you know, most companies have a, you know, not satisfied, return it and get your money back. That kind of a program where public education, you know, you have truancy laws, you have, 
all kinds of things. Like, well, tough, man. You got to go. You got to send your kids. And it's it's not even an option, I don't think, in most people's minds. It's this is what you do. And we're turning our children over to the state to be educated however they decide. Mm-hmm. It's not a good deal. No, it, it is. It's it's uh, it's one of those things, you know, where yeah, if that happened in the private sector, you know, you have a, a painter that comes over and does a crappy job, you're not going to call him back next time you need your your house painted. You know, it's just not going to happen. And and people get so locked into that idea that school is what you do. Like there is no other option. Um, and it, it there is there is another option and. Uh, you know, it's, it's doable. It's, it, homeschooling is tough. You know, it has its moments. I'm, I'm sure you, you have them, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um, I think in the end, you know, it's, it's all worth it. You know, when, when you think about who gets the benefit, you know, um, you as a parent get some benefit, sure. But, you know, your kid growing up, um, just reaps huge, huge harvest from, from being homeschooled, I think. Um, you know, and I've seen it there, just that freedom to actually learn and to enjoy learning and to learn what they want to learn. And in the end, if they're learning what they want to learn, they're going to learn everything they need to know. Um, yeah. And, you know, it is a scary thing in some ways because it's like, well, especially with with my son, he he's, a, a, again, he's autistic. And so he's a little delayed. It's not that he's not intelligent. It's just he's learning differently. In some cases, he's learning slower in some cases. And, but you can tell interacting with him. And of course, as much as I see him, I see a lot of this. He's very intelligent. And he's, what's, what's great is he's very directed to learn without even us having to like sit down and say, okay, we're going to spend this time learning about X or Y. He, um, he has an app, like, you know, we have a tablet for him and there's this app called Otsimo that it's basically a way to run trials on different, uh, targets for basic skills like recognition of shapes, recognition of emotions, um, you know, sequences of numbers, things like that. And there's a lot of gradually increasing complexity and a lot of controls that parents have. And, you know, we introduced him to the game. At first he thought, oh, you know, I don't really like this that much. And he would just play it when we asked him. But then after, gosh, about a week, a week and a half, he just started opening it up two, three, four times a day and working on a few trials. And, you know, it's great. So he's mastered a lot of skills just because he wants to improve. And that's the kind of thing that you do not have the option to do in public school. If I want to work on writing, I don't get to do that. I'm in history class or whatever. Um, If I want to work on developing a business or something like that, that's not even a class. You can't do that. Uh, you know, not even for part of your day. It's very specialized, but it's almost too specialized, almost just segmented apart into different things that you have to do. There's no, not a lot of synthesis that goes on in, in public school, I don't think. But, um, so going, going back to your son and 
I guess, so I guess you guys were kind of had your minds made up that, uh, you wanted to, to homeschool. Um, when you, when you figured out that, um, your son was, was autistic, did that give you guys some pause and, and, you know, make you think, well, maybe, maybe homeschooling isn't, isn't going to work for us? Or was it something you just kind of plowed on through and said, we're, we're, you know, you're going to take it in stride or? Well, sure. Yeah. Um, I guess we had a conversation at one point where it's like, okay, look, the school district has some free resources. And of course, they're not really free, right? We're all taxed to pay for them, <laughs> we, property taxes. Yeah. But, you know, free given the environment that we're in, there's no additional cost. And then, you know, I had someone in my family that works with special education in a certain school district, not where we live, but recommending to us and, you know, giving us their card and saying, you really ought to do this. It's the best thing for your son. And so there was some pressure for that. Recommend to to go to public school? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry for not being specific. Uh, But we, we did talk about that. And ultimately, I guess what it came down to is, you know, we're around him the most. We understand what his needs are, the little subtle uh, nonverbal cues that he gives, because for several years he was nonverbal. That's how we determined that he was autistic. That's why we took him in to be uh, examined and potentially diagnosed is, you know, we thought, okay, Maybe he's got a speech delay, and then you think another year has gone by. This is a pretty long speech delay, and then like another year goes by. And so um, at first we got his hearing tested, and that was difficult because he didn't understand what the test was and still couldn't figure it out. So anyway, we got the autism diagnosis, and he, the person who did the diagnosis said, what I recommend is 30 to 40 hours of applied behavior analysis therapy uh, per week to get him kind of caught up. And that's kind of basic skills therapy and it's reward based, uh, which is really cool. And we can get into that in detail if you want to. But we got that recommendation and, you know, 40 hours a week is school. That's full time So it was like, okay, is the school going to be working with him one-on-one, building his skills, you know, for that full amount of time? No. They're going to be trying to manage the relative chaos of, you know, a large special needs class. Everyone has different things that they need. Autism is kind of a big umbrella term. There's... Asperger's, then there's plenty of other things too. Um, what my son has is kind of the generic catch-all term. He's a not otherwise specified or NOS um, autistic, you know, so it's, there's a lot there. And to think that you can just lump everyone into special ed and put them in a room, I mean, not to mention the abuses that have come out of some special ed classrooms in the last, especially in the last few years. Um, (laughs) You know, it's just the case kind of built itself as we really talk through it. And so 
yeah, it was like, okay, yes, there's some free resources, but no thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I I I would I think I would probably that would be the biggest hurdle, I think, making that decision because you know, on the one side you're looking at it that you do, you have these free resources. Um, you know, my mom was a, a special ed teacher. Oh. She just retired a little while ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, and so you kind of, you see that the, the school has those resources. You see that, you know, there's, there's people that are, are trained to specifically work with this and that, and you're going to have all these things. But then, you know, like you said, at the same time, is that really going to be what they're doing? You know, are they really going to be working on this for 40 hours a week? And and that answer is no. Um, you know, and I don't know. Um, how was that for you guys then trying to, trying to figure it out, trying to figure out how to, to teach him or to, to work with him? You know, I mean, I, you know, it, it I assume that it's probably going to be different. Um, you know, and that's something you have to learn or figure out, um, how to do, you know? Yeah. And there's a learning curve for sure, but really, and if anyone listening has, you know, a child with autism, uh, applied behavior analysis or ABA really, really is incredible. And it does show measured improvements over time, you know, and that's kind of the whole model. Um, we toured a couple of different therapy centers we're lucky enough to live in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area, so there's several to choose from. And we so we toured a few, and they explained to us, basically, if your son is not making an improvement on a certain skill or in a certain area, that's our fault, not his fault, and we'll change how we're teaching it, we'll change uh, how we're working with him until he can make improvement, because... If they want to continue to get paid, basically, by insurance, they need to show that they're being successful and there's a reason for him to be enrolled in the program. Um, so it's all very data-driven. Everyone who works with him, you know, leaves comments. They have, like, the number of trials they've run on a certain skill. What was the success rate? There's, you know, ch charts and graphs and things you can look at to see improvement over time. And... When you master something, then it goes into a maintenance program. So then they'll come back to it every now and again. I'm kind of getting away from your question, but um, Sorry. but it's really, really incredible. And so what we've done is kind of adopted the same model here at home. Uh, we had in-home therapy for a while, which was awesome you know, and paid for by insurance. So a therapist comes out to the house, spends a few hours here, works with him on some things while my wife is working on something else. You know, I was at my work that uh, provides the insurance, but so I saw a little bit of it, but not too much. And really, we started to see that was effective. And so, again, my wife, you know, being as amazing as she is, She's just ingesting all of this information, just internalizing, learning the uh, kind of specialized lingo that goes with it. And I don't think that's even necessary, but, you know, you could, you certainly could 
learn all of it front to back. We bought some of the reference tools that the therapists go through to be trained. And so like we we pretty much understand the model. Um, but even if you don't, like the therapy center itself has mandatory parent meetings. So basically they need to be able to show insurance, but also us what the progress is, make sure we're all on the same page and ensure that the parents are able to do the same stuff at home uh, in the same way. So they're like, you don't want the mom and dad to undermine the efforts of the therapist or vice versa. So it's just a lot of communication, a lot of, um, you know, changing things up if it doesn't work. And it's, um, you know, I can go into more detail on how the modeling works and everything, but it's just, you know, hey, you, you don't have a skill. Let's focus on that. Let's do, like, say it's social interaction stuff. You know, let's find another kid at the therapy center. Let's work together with this and find a way to make it work so that, you know, basically they can go to public school and function normally or they can go into the real world and, you know, be successful. Uh, special ed, hopefully for a lot of these kids, doesn't have to be a lifelong stigma where they're like just never functioning normally. And kids do actually graduate from this therapy where they have like a lot of skills. And so it's just really, really cool. Yeah. Now, is that like a... Uh, I'm not familiar with it. Is that specific to like that center? Or is this kind of something that's uh, more of a teaching philosophy that is within the, the special ed community or well um, uh, applied, whatever it was, applied um, yeah, yeah. Um, behavioral? ABA yeah. is the short way to say it. Um, there's He's only been to one therapy center, and I know – you know, as with anything, as with public schools, even there's going to be some places that are better than others and all that. But uh, it's it's pretty consistent. And to anyone who knows about ABA, because it's been around since, I guess, like the 80s, there has been some negative stigma attached to it, especially when it was first introduced, where it's like, oh, well, you're just running the same trials over and over. You're like conditioning certain responses to certain um, stimulus. And it, there is some of that, I would say, but it's not, it's not making your kid an automaton. You know, you're not building a robot. You're, it's really a personal thing. And in fact, the first thing that a lot of the therapists have to do is to build rapport. So it's more about playing with the kid, getting to know them, learning how he works and how it's best to approach him on certain things so that they can teach effectively and, you know, get some of this stuff done. If you just jump right in, you know, you're a total stranger and you say, okay, I need you to do this then, I mean, who's going to do that, right? Adults don't do yeah. that. Yep. <laughs> so why yeah. would you expect no, yeah. kids to do that? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so how, how long did he was he at the 
the therapy place for? Uh, so he's still going now full time. Um, we, you know, at this point, he's developed enough skills like we could cut back and he'd still be doing really, really well. Uh, we could do 30 hours or something like that. It'd be fine. Uh, the more he does, the better. But there's also like some fatigue and it's kind of cool to have the option to say, eh, you know, we don't need to do that much. Uh, again, in contrast with public school where it's mandatory, you don't have a choice. I guess what then what um, what does your guys day sort of look like with with him then? Do you go to, does your wife take him to therapy and, and you kind of hang out there or is, you come home and do stuff. Cause I know you, you'd mentioned at one point in time, I think you were, you um, were using uh, like, like pictures and stuff. Um, kind of, I think, I, I don't remember exactly, <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we, we do use a lot of things at home. And, you know, at this point, we're actually able to focus on some more academic material. Like we've done a little bit of the Ron Paul homeschool curriculum and stuff like some of the free lessons to get him started on some of the reading and, and math-based stuff. Um, still a work in progress, but, you know, we can we can go through those, and we're planning to at least experiment with that once he's ready, uh, whenever that is. And uh, so for his day, you know, he he's a morning person, which is awesome. He's always really happy in the morning, uh, happier than us because we need <laughs> coffee to get going. But... Um, so we get up and if I am closing at work because I have the curse of working retail, uh, so my schedule is different all the time. So if I'm working late, then I will take him to therapy and drop him off, see who he's working with for the day. Like he has basically a team of different people who might work with him. So I don't know that day like which person is going to be there waiting in the lobby. But it doesn't matter because they've all spent time building rapport, working with him and all that. So um, he has favorites, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. And so so we get ready, have our breakfast at the table as a family, usually kind of go through his routine. We have printed routines for him to kind of make sure he does all of his um, morning prep, like, brush your hair and your teeth, you know, take any medicine. He has asthma, so we have to, like, give him an inhaler and stuff. So um, go through all those things, get him to therapy, and then they will, uh, they have, like, little lockers there, so they'll get his stuff together. He can take toys in if he wants to that they can use, like, as a reinforcement for doing stuff correctly, um, you know, all that. And then... They'll just run trials. So like whatever his current targets are, they will uh, say it's like responding to someone calling your name. So they'll at different points throughout the day call his name and see if he responds and take data on that. You know, how many were successful trials and they have a circle time where they all get together and like sing songs. Uh, uh, you know, like a days of the week song and some goofy mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at first he hated that. He had this real, real big thing where he did not want people to sing music. And so he had to kind of overcome that. 
that's thankfully in the past now, and he participates. Uh, but so that's in the morning, and then he has his day. They have a pre-scheduled snack time. If he's there all day, he has a scheduled lunch time later. So we pack his lunch every day and send it to him. And then, uh, you know, whichever way the day goes for my schedule, either my wife or myself will go pick him up and we will, you know, goof off at home. We'll do a little homeschooling in the evening, have dinner together. You know, it's, it's kind of a nuclear family focused thing. Yeah, that that's um that sounds nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> it works for us. Man. Some, well, there's something to be, to be said about being able to to sit down as a family and and do some of those things that uh, I don't know. I feel like we don't do anymore. People don't do anymore. But uh, that's seen the here now there. Um, <laughs> you, so uh, if if he was if he was in public school, would he be going to public school instead of? Um, the the therapy place or would he how, how well what would that be like most of the kids at the therapy center like their focus is to be better adapted to the public school environment so they may in some cases go to public school part of the day then go to therapy some of them uh go to therapy during the summer instead of during the regular school year or vice versa. They might only do therapy during the regular school year. Um, my son goes all year because that's his primary thing. And, you know, he needs to interact with other kids and all that. So, uh, but then we, um, well, he, <laughs> sorry, he um, will, you know, he'll go to that. And um, our model's kind of unique uh, there's not really a lot of kids that that do the way that we do. You know, it's it's mostly that public school focus, and he um, he seems to really enjoy like getting to know the different kids that come in, and he like knows now which days of the week certain people will be there, and like he'll anticipate seeing them. So that's really cool to see. Um, but but yeah, for a lot of kids. It's it's about like okay how can I pawn my kid off on the public school system yeah. and have them manage okay there, which just goes to show you again like how insufficient the existing model is the existing school system. But if he wanted to go to public school, we could do that, and we could have a therapist actually go with him to help him uh, function in, you know, the local school district. I I am not sure how well that would really work, like in what liberties they w would have to do things. I, my suspicion is it wouldn't be as good as it sounds, but I'm also kind of cynical and, you know, just when the public school's involved, I kind of have this negative um, perception of that already. Uh, so who knows? Who uh, knows? You know, I mean, there's 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 more restrictions there, right? In, in a public school, no question, just, no question. You know, even all things being equal, there's there's more restriction, and that's that's enough to make a difference. But um, have you? I'm I'm curious if you've gotten any pushback from, I don't know if insurance would say something, or or people at the um, at the center there, or other people that. Um, 
you know, he, your, your son's not in public school that he doesn't, doesn't go to these, you know, four cinder block walls and, and hang out with the, you know, I mean, is anybody giving you any, any problems about that or said anything to you guys? Well, no, I, I wouldn't say okay. we've had too much of that. Family is just happy that he's making progress. You know, at first it was harder to tell when he first started the therapy. It was, he was still nonverbal. And so it's like, okay, well, but you know, what can you show me that has changed? And now that he's able to say a lot of things and he's working on basic academic skills and all that, it's just, it's a lot easier and he's a lot happier. That's something too. Part of it is we didn't know he was asthmatic for a long time because he wasn't like wheezing or anything. Uh, and so when we found that out and started to treat the asthma, that improved his mood. But also having like a routine where he's going out of the house, he's seeing other people um, to work on things. He's, you know, reinforced for being successful. And there's not like, there's no time out. There's no... You know, it's there's yeah. no go to the principal's office um, or any of that stuff. And so it's a pretty positive thing for him. And it's really been awesome to see him, you know, again, develop this desire to push himself and to learn new things, even when we're not asking him to. And that has been probably the most rewarding thing. It's just like, hey, you're sitting here teaching yourself about shapes, you know, and he'll like laugh about, you know, the the word oval. He really likes the word oval. So um, he'll just like giggle and say oval. Um, and that's like awesome because a couple of years ago, you know, he was just barely learning a few words. So it's been great. I imagine that would be, difficult i think to 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 have a child that's nonverbal and to gauge you know is this working is this not working and 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 how do you tell oh totally um, yeah it's, I, I can it's the worst <laughs> i I, don't, I would have a very hard time with that um trying to trying to keep it all together but, but um, again you know going back to the whole we know what he needs the best thing we learn to pick up on his nonverbal cues other people would not be in a position to do that or, you know, especially in public school, they wouldn't be, I guess, paying enough attention to him specifically to like catch the little subtle things that help you deal with that situation. And, you know, we're his parents. We love him. We do anything for him. And that's also an element that's missing in a lot of places. So it's just been it's just been really, really eye-opening to see the kind of difference. Like, because my wife and I, we went to public school. We know <laughs> more or less how that would have gone. Uh, and it couldn't have been better being in special education. I think it only could have been like a downgrade. And that's just, it's unreal. It's totally unreal. Yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I would... I don't think I would want to have to deal with that in a public school. <laughs> um, I just, you know, and because of that, because, you know, even if a teacher is, is fully devoted to that child, um, they're, 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 
they don't spend the same amount of time that you do with that child. They don't have the same emotions that you have towards that child. And they're going to miss some of those nonverbal cues that, that you're going to pick up on. Um, and I mean, imagine being a, a child that you can't communicate with somebody because they, they don't understand you mm-hmm. and, and you're forced to sit there and, and be in this box for that long with somebody who understands you half the time. Um, that's, that's crazy. Well, and that's scary. What we had done, um, I won't spend too much time on this, but what we were doing while he was nonverbal to try to help him learn how to form sentences and, and try to get him talking. We had, Oh, this is what you were talking about earlier with the pictures. I kind of forgot to even go there, but uh, it's called PECS, P-E-C-S, Picture Exchange Communication System, uh, where basically you'll have little images of common things like different foods that they like or or whatever. And then what we were doing, we had a sentence strip. So we put little pieces of Velcro on the back of the photos. And we had like an I want picture and some some basic like uh, linking verbs and things like that. And so we would have him, if he wanted to request for something, he would put a I want card and then a card for like a hamburger on the sentence strip. It's a little strip of Velcro and bring it to one of us. And so it's like, okay, you need to come to me and request what you're wanting so that I know what you want. You can't just like cry. You know, he was really young. Like <laughs> that's that was it. And babies do that. But as he's getting older and not picking up all the language skills, even though we were really trying, man, to with the knowledge that we had, we were really trying everything we could come come up with to develop that. Like really um putting subtitles on everything if there was something on the TV or or whatever. We're trying to expose him to language all the time as much as we could read to him uh, as much as we could, you know, and it just wasn't taking. And so that was really kind of scary, kind of frustrating because it's like, what do we do? (laughs) You know, (laughs) why, why is he not hearing or understanding what we're doing? Oh, I, yeah, I, I, that is one thing that I think unless you're a parent, you will never understand. Um, when, when there's something amiss with your child and it doesn't matter what it is, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't know what it is, it's just it's terrifying. Right. You know? It's, it's not just some <laughs> kid. It's your kid. Right. You're the guy or the girl, you know, you're the people that have to figure it out because human beings, for whatever reason, are these weak little things that don't know how to do anything. <laughs> So all, the, all that blood flow to that that brain, just you know, get rid of those brains, it would be all right. I guess. <laughs> so, um, so you, you mentioned that uh, you're dabbling with the the Ron Paul curriculum. There, have you guys looked at or, or considered any other sort of curriculums or, or anything out there that might be a little more specific to uh, your needs, or just kind of adapt what what's out there? Good question. We've We've kind of got a few things like some kindergarten skills, first grade skills, like books and things where we can go through. And that's great to get ideas on things to work on, like um, 
I, that's probably the first place we saw like the recognition of shapes thing. It's like, oh yeah, okay, this is a square, this is a circle. Maybe we should work on that. And you know, it's it's funny because I think people worry with homeschooling that you're not going to teach them the right things in the right order and like because public school is so rigid and all that like oh this is the way you have to do it so that you'll learn everything correctly and -hmm. that's just totally not true you know if you just follow what the kid is willing to learn and willing to participate in and what they like and to make the um the learning something that they enjoy then you know, again, they're kind of self-directed. So, you know, we work through a book. It's like, hey, you really like puzzles. Okay, let's do puzzles for a while and kind of figure that out. And, oh, okay, um, let's let's learn some basic animal sounds, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And then they can complete some of these workbooks and things like that. So it's been, you know, I mentioned the Ron Paul uh, curriculum by name, but it's been really an amalgamation of a bunch of things where we're just picking and choosing, you know, a Google search, or if you're into like data privacy, a DuckDuckGo search, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing will just give you so much. It's, it's totally, you know, it's 2019, right? Like you, you can't, just pretend like there's not all these resources out there. If you have a question, type it into YouTube and it's like, there you go. Someone else had that question and made a video about answering it. So, uh, and you know, he loves YouTube videos too. So it's like, Oh, look at this goofy guy. You know, sometimes he'll say, um, (laughs) like, um, Oh my gosh, I can't remember the guy's name right now. There was some video where he was like, just reciting the beginning of it over and over, like, hi, I'm Chris, you know, uh, that kind of stuff is just hilarious. And whatever makes him enjoy it, get a kick out of it and want to come back and learn more, like, that's what you need to do. As a parent, you, especially with the autism thing, you have to be adaptable and have a good sense of humor and just do what you need to do. All right, man. Sounds good. I, I, I appreciate that. That's, um, some interesting stuff there. It's good stuff. It's uh, it's a situation that you know not not many people find themselves in, but it's one that uh, I think it's important to to know and to to hear about and to have that sort of information out there. Because if if you are in in that sort of situation, you know it's it's good to know. It's good to to hear about it and to to learn. But um, so yeah, you you uh, host a. a podcast over there um what, what's that called sure where can we find that <laughs> <laughs> it's uh culture of peace is the name of the podcast it's actually not at culture of peace podcast.com i own that domain but i haven't built a website yet uh it's at luke tatum.com so just search my name just type it in luke tatum.com most of the posts on that site are episodes of my show so just kind of scroll through there. I have a couple of things on education, but it's an interview show, right? I have people on that are doing good things, basically people who are moving the culture in the right direction, not right as in the political right, but like correct, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So it's a fun show. I've got 
30, 31 episodes right now. And it's bi-weekly, so it's not real frequent. It's about 30 minutes long, but I'm just finding random people that are doing something awesome and trying to bring attention to that. So LukeTatum.com or just search on Facebook, Culture of Peace Podcast. All right. I'll put all those links in the uh, in the show notes. And uh, hey, you always have uh, interesting things on the on the Facebook too, interesting little articles and, and blurbs. So. Oh, well, thank you. Should should follow that just to just to find some of those. But all right, Luke, thank you. I, uh, I appreciate your time. Hey, thank you. I really enjoyed it, and I love what you're doing. Also. Hey everyone, Luke Tatum here. Have you ever wondered why the world of video games is so dominated by the ideological left? Dummy Corporation is an engaging idle game that allows you to manage and expand your very own fried chicken fast food joint. But your restaurant also hides a dark secret. A government black site doing all kinds of shady stuff underground. We're tackling one of the sacred cows of the state, but we could use your help. Crowdfunding starts soon. To see how you can make this game a reality, visit DummyCorporationGame.com. That's DummyCorporationGame.com. So, uh, that was my interview with Luke Tatum. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a good time talking to him. Uh, you know, his experience is certainly unique and not one that everyone can maybe relate to on the surface. Um, but it's something I think we can all find bits of, of something to take from. I was talking to Luke a little bit after the show and, uh, you know, we were talking about some of the things that they do outside of homeschooling sort of, um, that they do as, as a family, that they do with their son, that maybe he does with his son or his wife does with his son. And, you know, like his, his wife takes him out every day. That's that's a point that they they make in their schedule. You know, she takes him out and, and does some sort of activity out out with him. Um, and that's, that's huge. That's huge. Uh, that's not something that I think every one of us do at all. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you are enjoying the show, please... Uh, Leave a review on iTunes, subscribe, hit that subscribe button, and uh, share it around on, on social media. You can also uh, check out the Amazon link, which uh, really doesn't cost you anything, uh, but it can give me a little bit of a kickback, I guess. Uh, I need three qualified purchases within six months, so uh, if you can help me out and you remember, go to homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash Amazon the next time you uh, you decide to to pick something up on on Amazon and uh, use that link. Otherwise, I have to go back and, and redo all the links if I apply again, and it's it's just a, a hassle. So if you are going to Amazon, use that link, please. So I guess that's, that is all for now. I want to say thank you for, for taking the time out to uh, to listen and to uh, to lend me your, your pretty little ears. I, I do appreciate it. Yeah, get out there. Sow those seeds of liberty. We can all reap sheaves of freedom together. I'm gonna ride us his dream. I'm gonna ride us his dream. I'm gonna ride us his dream.